Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Today we are here recording episode 105 and we are doing a Czech Republic recap with my good buddy, David. But before we get to David, I have to say this episode is for all of you curious about what's been going on with myself and also David in the Czech Republic, what we've been learning, um, you know, how we've changed during this time in the Czech Republic as well. So we're looking forward to it. And as always, I'm very excited for my good buddy, Jared, his fantastic interview question. So I'm curious to see what he has for us in store today. So without further ado, my good buddy, Jared, what's going on, Jared? I have nothing. Uh, let's just end it now. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> Uh, but before we find out that I have nothing, <laughs> follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Follow us uh, uh, or email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us untranslatables, which are idioms, sayings, proverbs, uh, maybe axioms, kind of like this one. Slipping on gator piss. Or uh, you can give us five star reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher, please. Uh, it's good to have you back, David. Welcome. Thank you. Um, it's good to be back. Um, it's it feels like yesterday that I was here saying Pajolsta, and here we are. Uh, what like eight months later? It's been about five eight months, months later. Because I remember so, the last episode was the five month. Uh, r- uh, your five months there. Yeah. Yeah. Was the recap. But, but yeah, there was midway. one. When was the one before that? That oh, was right. a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. That was a long time ago. That was probably what October, November. Uh, if you give me a second, I can tell you. Uh, that was, geez, we've done so many episodes. We have. And this uh, is 105 people, all for you. Yes. I don't even know. I don't even know. Now I'm just scrolling through looking and I can't so, even find it. So I It's got, great to be back. Yeah, we really appreciate <laughs> you coming back. And to give our listeners a little context, David is a colleague of mine, uh, also a Fulbright English teaching assistant here. And he has been in beautiful Hradec Kralove for the last 10 months. Teaching at a, it's like a woodworking and music yeah, instrument. Yeah, it is school. a, yeah, exactly. We, we, they make furniture, musical instruments. They design furniture, design rooms. Cool guitars as well. Yeah. Just for reference, the first episode you were on was episode 51. Uh, and it came out December 20th about learning the Russian language and culture. Okay. Um, before we get to all your guys' time with the Czech Republic... I have some news for Chad. Not news. I have watched another Spanish movie. Yes. All right. Tell me about so, it. Let's hear it. I, I'm in the process of learning Spanish, uh, David. I don't know if you knew that. And um, it's. I, I'm not going to say it's going well because it's not, but it's going. <laughs> and um, so I gave up on like really using like this textbook that I was following, and now I'm just trying to watch at least one Spanish movie a week. And I watched Roma, and that's like an artistic movie. This movie, I don't know if I'd call it uh, as artistic, <laughs> but it was entertaining. In Spanish, it's called Que Baje Dios. Do you know what that means? Dios is God. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the first word means. Essentially, it means God comes down. But okay. the English title for it is Holy Goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Goalie. Sounds like a soccer movie. It is a soccer movie. Okay. <laughs> Holy Goalie sounds so much better. <laughs> <laughs> And it's about a um, a monastery in Spain that is getting uh, that's going to be closed down to become a uh, luxury hotel, and in order for them to, uh, they're trying to get more clout for this uh, monastery, so they join the uh, Champions Clarum, which is the Champions League of holy people, 
And okay. I'm not even kidding, by the way. <laughs> and they have to uh, win the... Ch- I don't really understand why, but they have to win the champion's clatum in order to keep their uh, monastery and not get it taken over by... Um, by a luxury hotel. And so they um, start off, This it, it was such a ridiculous concept for a movie. One, because uh, they start off completely, no one knows how to play soccer. The of first game, not. they lose like 15 to zero. It was awful. The second game, <laughs> they win and they're amazing and they're already in it. And it was just like, how did you guys get good so quickly? Um, Power but, of uh, God on their side, Jared, clearly. I, clearly, I don't believe. Um, <laughs> But I'll say this. It was kind of funny, uh, and it was much better for learning Spanish than Roma was because there was less of a dialect to it, and it was like a simpler movie in general. And it was kind of entertaining, as I mentioned. But uh, I have some Spanish words of the pod that we'll get to later, specifically that I wrote down from that movie. Um, It was just a ridiculous – I was watching the soccer playing of it, and first of all – they were playing 7v7 like I did in third grade. <laughs> and, and I was like, I have, like, no adult would be playing 7v7. And then also they were, um, the field was so small. I was like, this is not even real soccer. This is hilarious. And there was That's a point funny. in the movie where uh, they, the final game was against the Pope's team. And of course the Pope it was. wasn't playing, by the way, but he, it was like the Vatican <laughs> team. Okay. And the, uh, the, uh, the, mon- these were monks too. And they went out and got like, drunk the night before and party the night before which they'd never also done before so i don't know why all of a sudden they start now but um they uh the coaches in order to like get them from the uh, from the club they uh, stole the pope mobile <laughs> but they crashed the pope mobile what does the pope mobile look like it wasn't even it, like it wasn't even a. The, he, literally, he broke into it like how someone broke into a Honda Civic in the nineties. He like shoved something into like the you know like where they shoved the that thing into the and, window, yeah, yeah and uh-huh. jimmied it, and oh, then he geez. just like, and then he just like uh, hot wired it. I was like, really? Is that how easy it is to break into the Popemobile? The Popemobile, clearly. <laughs> and it was like I don't even remember what kind of car it was, but it was not it was not what the current Popemobile is. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but then they crashed it anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, and I got some Spanish words, so uh, nice. that's that's how I'm learning Spanish. Hey, David, I uh, God, I don't I feel like I'm running at a million miles per per second right now. I heard that you're uh, learning guitar. I am learning guitar. Yes. How's yeah, that been I'm, going? Uh, slow but good. Yeah. I, I, I started I started with fingerstyle because mm-hmm. I'm used to classical music. I thought for me, learning fingerstyle would be the best sort of transition. Um, and I don't know, maybe I learned a new song once every two weeks. So it's going slow. That's pretty good, though. I'd say, yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that. It's pretty good. <laughs> One song every two weeks is pretty damn good. And you, But you also play banjo, and then you also use your fingers for banjo, right? Yes. you don't use a pick. Like You use yes. like the finger pick thingies. Uh, yes. What I do or with metal, banjo... Right? Um, what I do with banjo is, uh, I do use finger picks, but I don't use sort of the fast bluegrass style that you, you see a lot of, you know, famous bluegrass artists nowadays using. I use what's called clamp claw hammer style, which is an older style I use mostly in folk music and and Irish music Uh where you use all four of your fingers to strum. And then your your thumb hits the high the high string high G the or the, yeah, yeah, yeah the drone okay. string. Cool. Have you been going to chat for any advice? Definitely. Yeah. Here and there, I gave yeah. him a little impromptu lesson today. 
Okay. Okay. On how to how to change your guitar tone from where you where you pick it. So yeah, yeah, he's got got a lot of promise though. I think uh, as a young guitarist. So is this your guys' last time together in in the Czech Republic, at least on this stint? Yeah, yeah as far as, as far as we know. Yeah, don't 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 yeah. make the waterworks. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm I'm already getting a little teary eyed. Uh, yeah. What, what are you guys um what are you guys gonna do? Any any plans? For tonight? Well we're we're, we're getting a couple's massage. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we tend to have like two or three go to restaurants, I feel like, where we eat. Usually it's Las Agalitas from Mexican food. Um, which we did a long time ago when we were yeah. here. Then occasionally we'd get a burger at this place called the Tavern, which is two of my favorite places, and I think yours as well. I think that's Definitely. safe to say. But today, we are getting our wings on and getting some really good chicken wings at this place called Beer Geek. And they have okay. also really, really good uh, all sorts of beers. They have ger- Last time I was there, I had a really good German beer. I think you had a Czech beer when you were there. Yeah, they have Czech beer, Belgian beer, German beer, Russian beer, Slovakian beer, they American beer. They even had Bells in their fridge. Oh, And what? Founders in their fridge, yeah. It, was, it must be like super expensive there. It is. It is a little expensive, but the wings are worth the price. Yeah. They're, and it's the only place where I can get really spicy wings here that are actually good. Mm. Yeah, don't, the Czechs don't really do spice, do they? Not not really, no. I think the younger Cowards. generation do eat some spice, but a lot of your traditional Czech meals, I mean, the, the seasoning, I'm doing air quotes for seasoning right now, is usually <laughs> like dill or it's dill, garlic occasionally. You know, salt, garlic, black pepper occasionally yep and not very much of it so yeah, yeah. pepper so if they're feeling real spicy that day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah it's it's good though that we're uh we got the got the two-man wolf pack got the band back together one more time before uh we go our separate ways okay all right i'll save the uh, waterworks questions for later we'll, we'll uh, we can spread a little love you read my mind jared so my first shout out and i hope I hope I'm not stealing your shout-out here, Jared. I don't think I am, but... I doubt it. My, my shout-out goes out to David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. Do you know who... Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, so he's the guitar player for Pink Floyd, and he donated, I believe, like over 125 guitars, something like that. Um, but the crazy thing is... Uh, so 120 of David Gilmore's guitars um, were donated in New York, um, and he is donating the money raised to fight uh, climate change and uh, donate this to climate uh, change charities, which I think is great. But the crazy thing about it is he's very famously known for what they call the Black Strat or the Black Stratocaster guitar. Ooh, and this is it. now actually the, the most expensive guitar ever sold at auction. There was a guitar a few years ago um, that was sold at auction for, I think, um, oh, I don't remember how much it was now. But his black strat, um, I thought I read somewhere that said that it was donated for over twenty million. Um, so pretty crazy stuff. So it's shout not out that to much. it wasn't that much. It wasn't. No, it was uh, three point one million pounds. Uh huh. Okay. So maybe it was the whole collection of twenty one million. Okay. Yeah, the whole collection got about seventeen million. Are you okay. just making these things up? Or are no, you... <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm on. I'm on our website right here, and it says twenty one million. Oh, interesting. I'm on Sky News, and it says Pink Floyd star David Gilmore sells a guitar collection for nearly $17 million at auction. This one, well, this one says here, in total, Gilmore auctioned off 126 guitars, 
at Christie's raking in a whopping total of 21 million. So either way, more than 17 million, safe to say. Yes. And uh, big ups uh, to David Gilmore, sending him a lot of love for being so generous with his collection and also using that money for a good cause. So when, um, so, you know, when there's a car that sells for, say, you know, millions of dollars, like, say, a Ford GT or something like that, the original Ford GT40, and say it auctions for, I don't know, $12 million, you know, people are afraid to drive it because, one, you can crash a car, two, mm-hmm. the more miles you put on it, the less valuable it is. But the thing about a guitar, if, if someone bought this $3.1 million guitar, is there really a risk to playing it? Could mm. you work it? Besides for dropping it, I guess. Not, <laughs> but who well, does that? Well, his, his Black Strat already is heavily beat up. I mean, he took it on tour with him. If you okay. look at pictures of it, you know, there's all sorts of scratches. Uh, yeah, now, I can tell they've, now. They've redone close, the, the fingerboard numerous times. They've, you know, changed the electronics inside the guitar. Um, I mean, I guess it depends what you buy it for. Are you buying it for a collector's item or are you buying it to play it? And I think a lot of these guitars, they are probably being bought as a collector's item. So right. it sits in a case in a wall with probably a picture of David Gilmore playing it on stage or something. The um, person buying it probably doesn't even know how to play guitar. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Probably I mean, some rich, and rich person. That's, right. That's why I wouldn't buy one of those guitars, even if I had the money, because I buy my instruments to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But so you don't the, find interest in, in like, oh, this was played by like blah, blah, blah. I mean, it would be, I think it would be cool to play it once or twice, but like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know if I'd really want to, own it i don't know if that makes sense no i get that i get that what about say yo-yo ma's cello <laughs> that's the only cellist i could think of off the top of my head don't you play cello or am i mistaken viola viola but oh, viola. i mean it's, it's a classical instrument so i get it um i mean i i think i have the same opinion i think musical I instruments are meant to be enjoyed and you know to enjoy the music that is produced by them so if you can't play it what's the point yeah, for I, sure. I remember uh, I have I actually have a really old harmonica at my house that my great grandfather uh, brought from Germany. Um, it's like 120 years old, um, or not great. Great great grandfather brought from Germany, um, and I always remember my my mom saying, "Hey, you know, David, don't play that," but. Then I think after some time, you know, and me really wanting to play it, she realized, oh, you know, this is some really cool harmonica we have. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Why not enjoy it? You know? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I played it a little. And I think with any musical instrument, the same the same role should apply. You should be able to enjoy it, not just look at it and appreciate I'm it. I'm with you. I'm with you. And the, the only time I would ever get something as like a collector's thing is... If it wasn't playable anymore, and if I just was balling out and like wanted it as like a like art a, piece, you know, exactly art piece for my house or something. But I don't have that kind of cash, and I don't have a house right now, so it's kind of <laughs> out of the question right now. It's a yeah, moot but, point. Yeah. What about uh, you, Jared? What's your shout out? My shout out goes to uh, what's her name, Mavis Patterson, and she's uh, become the oldest woman to cycle 960 miles from Land's End to John O'Groat, some, 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 some Scottish place. Uh, <laughs> she got the Guinness Book, of, she got the, into the Guinness Book of World Records for being the oldest woman to do this. And she did it, she raised more than $50,000 for uh, Macmillan's can- Cancer Support, a charity she's been supporting since her mother and sister died from the illness. Uh, Miss Patterson wrote on Facebook, it's hard to find words to describe 
her utterly unforgettable journey. She added that she was so very grateful for all the support of fun friends and whatnot. And uh, I think it's awesome. I would love to be 81 and be able to cycle 960 miles. That's, uh, that's impressive. I was talking to someone the other day, and the question was, would you rather be, uh, would you rather have the mind of a 30-year-old for the rest of your life or the body of a 30-year-old for the rest of your life? And I started with body, but then I thought, well, if I don't have the mind, then uh, I'm going to be, they're gonna be like, well, yeah, he's in perfect shape, but he's running on the freeway or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's, that's a good point, So Jared. I think I would choose mind, but I would love to be able to still... Just because I choose mine doesn't mean my body has to turn decrepit. I just have to right. be the one keeping it in shape. And I think it's cool that she's doing this. And she also has kids that have, uh, she's lost children, I believe, also from cancer. So she's doing mm. it for a good cause. But mm, I just thought it was great. cool. I would love to be that old and just be killing it like that. Little tip for all of our listeners out there who are worried about getting old. My buddy, not this David, but my other buddy, David Davi, who's a doctor stuff. in Germany. He, um, he told me that his patients who are older, who are healthy, the reason why they stay healthy in old age is because they're up and moving and doing stuff. So riding mm-hmm. a bike is a great thing. Swimming. Um, tennis is good, especially if you have a clay court near you. That's much easier on your joints. Um, yeah. So stay active and uh, don't tennis, forget. What? Speaking of tennis, stay active and don't forget to take your vitamins. Speaking of That's tennis, right. did you see that? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you heard. What was Who was it? Federer versus the other guy? Nadal. Who was it? Nadal. Rafael Nadal? Yes. Who, who ended up winning that? Nadal. Okay. Who would you have chosen or have rooted for? Oh, that's, oh, that's a tough one. I mean, they're both my, two of my favorite players. I would probably have to say Nadal because he's left-handed and I'm a lefty. Mm. And also because Nadal, Federer is more or less, in my opinion, one of the most flawless tennis players out there. Like, he makes it look so easy and effortless. Nadal really fights for every single point. And so it's kind of like this, you know, different style of play. And I really like that Nadal was really one of the only guys in the tennis game that could, that gave Federer problems. Uh, And that's really saying something. And so I've always loved watching them. They've had probably one of the best rivalries in tennis and are both great ambassadors for the sport as well. They give back to charity. They do a lot for different communities. So, yeah. But I would pick Nadal. You still Mm -hmm. watch actively? Uh, Once in a while. I watched okay. the big tournaments. Okay. Just curious. I meant to bring mm-hmm. that up, but uh, I obviously forgot. Anyway, let's get into some translatables. You know what time it is. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to start us off, David? Sure. Yes. So I have a check one for us. Um, oh. Parada. So, <laughs> so it is symptom ashpoushi. Which you gotta translate that word for word. Which word for word means I am in this uh, already to my ears. Like you're overwhelmed. You're not not quite. Not quite. Untranslatable judges aren't happy with it. Can you give him like an example? Mm. In this to my ears, is it? Did you say? Mm. Yes. Okay. We're at my ears. All right. Um. So an example is if you are, uh, if you've got a job and you, and you absolutely know that you want to take the job or if you absolutely know that you want to date a girl or a guy, or you absolutely know that you love 
chocolate ice cream and you're about oh, to you're buy some very about sure. to buy some chocolate ice cream. Not not necessarily very sure. Let me let me let me add to the examples here. So Jared, we're on episode 105 of the Untranslatable Podcast. We have an Instagram page, Untranslatable Podcast, a YouTube channel, Untranslatable you Podcast as well, an email and a website. You could say that we are up to our ears in the Untranslatable Podcast. Okay. Uh, we're like fully uh, com- committed to it? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that ham horn, you got it. I love Chad's face was so great. Oh, God, I've never felt so encouraged in my life. <laughs> Imagine me in that way in a language classroom five days a week. Oh, that's, that's are, you really, are you that... Uh, for some reason, I don't imagine you being that, uh, like, uh, like not positive, but like uh, that hyped up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes depends on the class. I don't see you as a very hyped up person. Not, not usually. Not usually. Well, let's let's have you go next, Jared, because I have some Czech ones as well. My first one is Greek, and it's katse stavga so, and it means to sit on your eggs. Sit on your eggs. Is this? This is not well. This isn't like having all your eggs in one basket, is it? No. No. Okay. I, I think it could mean to wait for something good to happen. Mm, no. no. No? No. Okay. Sit on your eggs. This is to be like... You're just like waiting for something to happen? Uh, no, but I'll give you an example. Say uh, say I'm, I'm hanging somewhere and I see uh, two people start to get in a fight and i just sit there and i sit on my eggs and i'm like this has nothing to do with me oh to to so to like avoid something or to not to avoid something but to stay out of it or mind your own business there you go to stay uninvolved to stay put not to get involved with something just go sit on your eggs man all right i do a lot of sitting on my eggs i I don't like getting involved with other people's uh business (laughs) yeah sometimes sometimes that's better all right jared so once again, I have some from my in-class research from my students. Perfect. For check on translatables. And my Did first you one... take a picture of the, of the board? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, my first one is... Which means... It literally means like... Um, after, after it rains, it's dry. After it rains, it's dry. Like all bad things come to an end, essentially? Nope. David, do you know what it is? I don't think so. No. Okay. Any guesses? Uh, After it rains, it dries. Like what goes around comes around. Nope. Nope. The Czechs have a different one for that. Uh, Yeah, you already brought that Mm -hmm. one up. Everything is temporary. Nope. We, we We use a phrase. Well, we have two phrases. And I'm going to tell you them, even though it will give it away. The two phrases, one of them involves a pig, another one involves hell. Burn in hell. No. Nope. Dirty pig. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> not, not quite. We putting say, makeup on a pig? No. no. They, they okay. do have that in check as well. Well, they have put a pearl necklace on a pig, or pearls on a pig. But um, no. So, so we have, so think about it, Jared. So after it rains, it's dry. Is it possible for it to be dry immediately after it rains? Mm, no, uh, you meant immediately after. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like I should be getting this. Whenever you give me examples like this, it just makes me feel like an idiot. I'm like, oh, I should totally be getting this. <laughs> Basically means when hell freezes over or when pigs uh, fly. Uh, like it's okay. not going to happen. Impossible I got gotcha. to happen. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Uh, should I go? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have a Russian one because we have our uh, Russian-speaking uh, friend here. Perfect. Um, and I'll read it, and then we'll have uh, David try to understand what I'm saying and see if he can actually pronounce it properly for me. Yatebe pokazu gre raki zmuyut. Did that make I, any sense? I sh- I show you what was the rest? Yatebe pokazu gre raki zmuyut. I show you. I show you. You're. I show well you so where far. the lobsters whistle. Oh, so close! <laughs> the, uh, I will show you where the lobsters spend the winter. Spend the winter. Okay. Does that make sense? Maybe. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can you can you can you send me the Russian and then I can show it to David and then he can. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah, actually read yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So while we're doing that, we can guess though, just yeah. to uh, keep this moving. So where along. the lobsters? Where the, I'll show you where the lobsters are in the winter. Is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. Where the lobsters spend the winter. Yeah. Spend the winter. So, I'm guessing the meaning. Hmm. Like you'll you'll show a secret or like a, a you'll cut corners or something. No, it's. I would say it's less of like a. Hmm, how do I say this? It's more of like a a statement than more like a... Uh, oh, crap. I just read it, so I, I won't guess. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot that I, that would happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cover it up so David can't see the... Well... Where is it? Right here. Yet, pokaju zimoyut. Zimoyut would be winter. Yeah, to, win- to okay. winter, I guess. Uh-huh. Where they're wintering. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> they're classy. So uh, this is where uh, these lobsters like to winter in uh, Martha's Vineyard. So it, could, you, could you equate this? I'm going to try to help, help David here. Could you equate this with, we have a phrase that mafia guys say with the fishes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mafia guys say with the fishes. Mafia guys have a phrase. They say, be careful or you'll be like a fish. I don't know. Be swimming with the fishes, Tony. Oh, you'll be dead. <laughs> so I'm it's, guessing lobsters can't survive the winter, so they'll be dead or something? Uh, essentially, yeah. It's just yeah. a general threat, though. It's, it's a, more it's just a threat. like a, it's a threat. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll show it's you like where a, lobsters spend winter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <Ha-da-da. That was hilarious. laughs> okay, I have one more Czech one before we get on to talking more about the Czech Republic. And it is which means, this should be an easy one for both of you, to make a camel out of a mosquito. Oh, yeah, to make an ant out of a molehill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mountain out of a molehill, yeah? Yep, that makes way more sense than what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, it's time for us to recap our yeah. time here in the Czech Republic, talk about some of the things we've learned, whether it's about Czech culture, 
check people, ourselves. I'm curious to see what David has to say, and I'm very happy he's been able to join us for this episode because um, the, the beauty of the Fulbright and, and our situation is we live in completely different towns. Hradec has, what, 100,000 people? Yeah. And a university. Komutov has 50,000. Um, and they're in different regions in the Czech Republic. I'm in what they call Ustetsky Krai, or the Usti nad Labem region. And what, what region it's, are you in? It's, it's funny. It's the name Hradec Kralove switched. It's Kralove Hradecki Krai. Okay. So Hradec Kralove region. There you go. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so before Chad got there, he had a lot of, uh, he does a lot of research. Some might call him paranoid, very cautious. <laughs> did you have or any, just curious. Uh, did you have any preconceived notions that either were true or you're like, oh, that was a foolish thing that I was concerned about? Hmm. That's a good question. Off to a good start, Jared. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> this is hard. This is can hard. I, can I answer it while you're yeah. thinking? So for, for me, um, my, I thought that the Czech Republic, I thought stupidly it would be a lot like Germany and Austria where a lot of people speak English and a lot of people mm-hmm. are excited about practicing their English with a foreigner, with a native speaker. And in my town, it was the opposite of what I thought. People became very intimidated when they realized I was American. Maybe it would have been better if I would have told them I was a German um, because they seemed very intimidated to speak English with me. Maybe they were worried they would make mistakes or something. I'm really not sure. But that was a big thing um, for me. I thought the language barrier wouldn't be too bad. You know, I was planning on learning some Czech anyways, because I think it's useful whenever you travel somewhere to learn, you know, some, you know, pleasantries in the language. But at the same time, I, I figured, you know, oh, yeah, I can get around with English no problem. And that was not the case at all. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. Yeah, entirely. I think when I spoke English to people too, even if their English was fantastic, they were still intimidated. They are still intimidated. We, I see it even, you know, today. We're intimidating guys, Jared. What can I say? <laughs> so it's not different, you being in a much bigger city. That's that's still the case for uh, essentially. <clears throat> I think it's possible that there may be more people that speak fluent english just because there's like more schooling and in the universities you may run into more people but i Mm -hmm. think the intimidation factor is just as present in hradets as komotov and i have a theory for this as well i think it's because in a lot of czech english classes the emphasis tends to be more on grammar Mm -hmm. and and you know teaching them so they can pass their tests which i understand i'm not trying to knock that but at the same time i think that if classes were taught a bit more communicatively (laughs) Um, students would not be as intimidated to speak with anybody, regardless if they're native speakers or not. And I asked my students, this week was my last week for most of my classes, and I asked them, what did you guys learn from my lesson? And one thing that a lot of the students said was feeling more comfortable talking. (laughs) Nothing. They learned nothing. Uh, I I had a few students say that. Uh, Oh, really? David, David told me one time, I could not believe this, he he had messaged me about a lesson plan or something, or I don't even remember what it was, but I, I told David, I was like, yeah, well, why don't you just sit down with him and say, well, what do you want to talk about? And what, what's your student's response to that, David? Uh, I had a student say, when can we leave, is what they wow. wanted to talk about. But, you know, it's you just got to realize, you know, we're teaching high schoolers. Mm-hmm. This, it's teenagers, you know, they've got raging hormones. And it's and like that in the States, too. And, do they think know, they're being funny, or do they, they just not like They think they're being you? cool or funny or something, and, oh, okay. you know. It's uh, 
It, it's just I think it's just because they're teenagers. Yeah, I don't think That's, it's true for sure. It does it doesn't, and they don't know how to actually express their their feelings. Yeah. I still don't yeah. know how to express my feelings, to be fair. We're, we're uh, getting there, Jared. We're getting there. I'm secretly <laughs> trying to train you on the podcast to slowly reveal more and more of your feelings. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what, uh, what won't you miss? What oh, are you... Good question. What won't... What, uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. What, what won't I miss? I won't miss... At least, I don't know if this is a problem in Hradets, but in Khomutov... A lot of people take their dogs out. They'll take a dump and they won't clean it up. So mm. I will not miss dog poop. I'm not saying it's everywhere, but definitely there have been mornings where if I wasn't paying attention on my walk to school, I would have been walking around with dog shit on the bottom of my shoe um, all day. So that's, that's, that's one look. thing. <laughs> I also think that, at least in my town, a lot of people um, litter. Like you see cigarette butts everywhere. And there are even trash cans with the little thing to throw your cigarettes in. And mm-hmm. I see people flick their cigarette when they could just take two or three steps and throw it away there. So that's that's one thing that I won't miss. Um, and, you know, had you've asked me this, Jared, in the beginning of my time here, I would have told you I won't miss feeling so lost by not having great Czech language skills. Now I've gotten really accustomed to just accepting that I don't always know what's going on around me. In the beginning, it was really difficult, and I think it was mentally very draining for me. Now it's it's fine, and now I've noticed that I pick up a lot. Like I was with some friends last night. Um, shout out to my good friend uh, Yaroslava. I was with her and uh, some of her friends. We went out to a couple pubs, and I was speaking Czech with them. And I told them I've been learning it for ten months, and you should have seen the look of sheer surprise on their faces when I was able to. I mean, it's not like I was having a good conversation, but you know, I understood what they were saying. Like maybe 40 percent of the time, if they spoke slowly, maybe even fifty. And would respond to stuff. And you should have seen the look on their faces when I responded to stuff. They asked me something. And I said, um, which is Czech for like, certainly. Yeah. And they, it blew their mind. They were like, what? Like what? And it's like, <laughs> just those simple little phrases like that. So in the beginning, I would have said, I won't miss that. But I think going back to the States, I will kind of miss that now. Because I'm starting to learn it and feel more comfortable. But yeah. enough about me. What about you, David? Um, I, well, I would, I would agree with that. And I, you know, I think it still happens sometimes where you, you know, you get talked about in the third person sometimes mm-hmm. because people will automatically assume since Czech is, you know, a hard language to learn and we're foreigners and a lot of foreigners here don't know any Czech that we don't know Czech. And so people will talk about you right there in Czech and then like turn to you and speak in English um mm-hmm. and you know i i think that's probably happened to both of us but i think it it gets a lot better with time um <clears throat> things i won't miss my family does that about me or not maybe not really anymore but they used to do that about <laughs> me like my grandparents and talking to my parents and stuff and i'm like I, yeah i'm 6 or 10 but i'm right here I'm right yeah here. <laughs> so yeah i meet my family too for sure so i, I think we can all relate um um, things I won't miss. Uh, I mean, public public transportation. I mean, it's that, that's anywhere, right? You know, there's sometimes a lot of people on the bus, and sometimes it's smelly, and sometimes it's hot. Um, you know that sometimes, and uh, I don't know, like people. A lot of times, people here like show their frustration very openly, even in the workplace. Like work colleagues are just like something something has you know made them go off and they're not gonna hide it at all um which have i you understand seen that, 
few times, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I understand it, you know, everyone has a bad day, but like, I don't know, I think in the U.S., you know, people, you know, in the U.S., people don't expect you, or expect you not to like take it out on other people, um, but yeah. here it's just if you're mad, you know, everyone, sometimes everyone knows about it, and so maybe maybe that. Yeah, that makes sense. I've I've never I mean I've seen people get mad at work here, but I've never been in a situation where like I've been so mad that I'm, I need to like blow up at someone or like I I I just try to keep emotions out of work so much. <laughs> yeah. Two other things I just realized that I won't miss: paying to use the restroom and paying uh, yes, for the restaurants. I second both those things. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh. What what is something that you uh, some lessons you learned about teaching specifically? Teaching specifically that, you, that you'll take for, on to your well, next gigs or wherever that for, may be. For me, I guess the biggest thing was um, I always thought I was flexible until I came here, and then there were a few scenarios where I was told, you know, twenty minutes before my next lesson, oh hey, could you teach a lesson on New York? And I've never been in New York. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about New York, but okay, sure. You know, I'm the I'm the the token American, I got to teach a lesson about New York, right? <laughs> uh, thankfully, I've been to D.C., so I could talk about D.C. when I was asked about that. But the flexibility and, like, I think David has had a similar scenario as well where our schedules tend to change. And especially towards the end of the year, like, things get moved around in the timetable. Like, mm-hmm. they, tell you, they tell you there's a major change the day of. Exactly. Exactly. So um, there have been a few times, like, on Friday I woke up and I actually had a text message and uh, hey, could you come in at 9.45 instead of 10.30 um, because the lessons have been moved, you know? And I think most Americans, this would drive them completely crazy. They would think it's unprofessional or whatever. I don't think it's necessarily being unprofessional. I think it's just that the school systems, their things are moved around and they're a little bit more malleable and you have to be flexible and take that into account, which now it doesn't bother me. Um, And I feel like now I could walk into a classroom not that this is ideal, but I could walk into a classroom with nothing planned and still have probably a fairly decent lesson out of it. Um, and that really hmm. developed while I've been here. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I've, I've been asked the same um, and schedules are always changing and, and you learn about major things the day of or the day before. Um, it's, it's totally normal to us both now, which I, th- I think is you know a really positive thing. Um, for me, this was my first year teaching and of course, my first year teaching teenagers, so I <laughs> think a whole bag of words I think <laughs> I learned a lot about how to deal with teenagers. Um, you know, they I think teenagers, you know, they're going through a really important time in their life. Often, there's a lot of emotions. Maybe their boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them. Maybe um, you know something's going on in their family, and uh, you know. They're not, they're not always going to have a, a good day, and sometimes they need some support, and sometimes they need to be understanding, uh, or, or I need to be understanding of them. And, uh, you know, you, you got to work with that every day, and I think that's really a really important uh, skill. Mm-hmm. Teenagers make me uncomfortable. Yeah. How, do you, uh, how do you feel about the Instagram account made specifically to make memes about you? I mean, that wasn't David. That was Parker. Yeah. Or do, do you have? I've had one meme about me, but I, oh, you only I, don't, have one? I don't have a whole Insta page. That's another level that I hope to never, what I is, never like, reach. What I feel like someone follows though. us on Instagram that is 
like David's face is oh, the oh, picture. Oh, oh, Let me find oh, yes. that. Oh, tell him that okay. story. Tell him that story. My student made this. My student, it's called, uh, you can follow it. It's called Hermeline Kurvesai Kulishek. Uh-huh. Hermeline is a type of cheese here in the Czech Republic. Which I'm molded. hoping we're going to get later tonight. Mm, I love Tasty. that. Hermeline. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, cheese, Kurvesai is this strange liqueur that's like cherries and ginger and chili. It's actually it's pretty delicious. good. Oh, he hasn't posted anything, though. I'm looking at him now. And Kulishek. It's usually stories. Yeah, it's usually stories. Uh, and Kulishek is my nickname, which means little little man in a beanie hat. <laughs> 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 and it's all those two together. And my student made it and then turned it over to me. She said, you know what, David, you can have it since it's yours. And so now I just post funny, funny memes on it. Oh, that's you that does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so what's funny is that it's, there's two things I've learned about but it, Instagram. It, it wasn't me in the beginning. They were doing it, right. and then it became me. And the two things I've you. learned about Czechs, Czech teenagers and Instagram is, one, they all have kind of a similar, like, short little bio. Like, happy Czech boy. 17 Czech boy loves scooters something like that right <laughs> and and then they'll have one insta account and then they'll usually have like a a secret insta account which you can usually very easily find because it also has their name on it and there they'll post more racy memes yeah. or drunk vids yeah yeah all sorts of random stuff i think they call that a finsta yeah it is it's called a finsta i, I introduced my students to the term finsta and then i saw multiple students go put on their finsta so-and-so's finsta oh, there you go there you go yeah so it's like if your parents are trying to look at your stuff you're like look it's just me at easter and the other one is i'm at the strip club <laughs> or whatever kids do these <laughs> right. days me. All sorts of <laughs> easter afternoon hey chad are your are your teenagers as uh teenagery as david's teenagers i feel like i don't hear stories like this from uh from you well we teach at very different types of schools right so i'm at a technical school He's at a mm-hmm. uh, uh, woodworking music instrument building school. Oh, so the so artists the types of, are more... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Well, see, my, my students more... A lot of them tend to keep more to themselves, especially the ones who are more into, like, computing and gaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they like to do is spend their time, you know? So they get online and play games with their friends. Um, so I think that's a big difference. Yeah, I got a lot of students who are very openly rock and roll. Um, you know, they love, they love music. They love... <laughs> Uh, various substances, they l- and they like to express that. <laughs> wow! So there I feel you like go. <laughs> that's interesting that the teacher knows about that. I did. I do. They, I they have, openly admit it in yeah, class. They, they, if you they ask, don't them. hide things for sure. Yeah, they I don't have hide noticed things. that from talking to Chad all this time about that. Like, it just does seem like a very different. And maybe it's because you guys are more like visiting teachers. I don't. Is it like this with all the teachers? Because it does seem like there's this like a level of openness that I never had with any of my teachers. I think with some of the younger teachers at my school, the students are a bit more open, but not always with the older teachers. Okay, that would make sense. Uh, I'd say what the did, same. What was I, uh, did I? Uh, oh yeah, lessons. Uh, what are some lessons you learned in general? Non. It doesn't have to be teacher related. Some something about your time there, about living alone in a foreign country, about. Uh, 
about uh I know David has a lady friend. I don't know if I'm supposed to mention mm-hmm. that, but I just did. <laughs> you you can mention it. I, okay. I, yeah. I guess I shouldn't speak for David, but <laughs> Yeah, Chad's like it's fine. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Um lessons learned. I I have one one really important one. And it and it has to do with friends, lady friends, anybody. Any cultural experience you're offered, always say yes. I mean, unless it's like, let's jump off a cliff, you know. It's not a Czech tradition to jump off a cliff, but... Right. Um, you know, any, any any experience, let's go pick mushrooms, let's go to the pub and have a Which conversation. Which a super thing, picking mushrooms, yeah. by the way. Let's, let's oh, really? go... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go do whatever. Um, you know, always say yes, you won't regret it. It's the best way yeah. to make friends here. One warning, or one word of caution, though. When Czech people say... Let's go for a beer. It's never a beer. So just be aware of that. It's not a bad thing, but just be aware of that. (laughs) That's something I've been trying to implement in my life is that is not saying no to stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I often, specifically, probably a lot of the time, stuff that my uh, girlfriend asked to do, I'll say yes to it in my head. It's like, I don't want to do this. But uh, it always ends up being like fine, obviously, or enjoyable. And it's just uh, forcing yourself out out of your comfort zone is difficult for people like myself and that's something i constantly try to work on so let me let me also give my two cents of things i've learned um i mean we could do an entire episode well we kind of already are doing an episode on this but <laughs> yeah that's an what even this longer is. episode on this <laughs> um but i would say some of the main things i've learned is um and i know this sounds very cliche and kind of stupid but don't be afraid to embrace and ex- and accept um the unexpected right so there have been many times where um, like David mentioned, you know, I'll be invited for something. I have no idea what it's going to be like, but yeah, just go anyways and don't, and, and don't let things, you know, frazzle you if it's not, you know, I try to go into things now having little to no expectations and then it's always fun. Right? Yeah. If I have all mm-hmm. these expectations of I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It's never good. Uh, the other thing that I've learned is, um, how important, and I think we've mentioned this when we did the solo and individual travel was how important um, some people in your life are that you realize who is important after you've been abroad for a while, right? You start Thank to you. really figure out who your good friends are. Yeah, um, I am. You know, ex- exactly, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, also don't be, yeah, don't be afraid to um, reach out to people as well. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person, I'm usually terrible about reaching out to people, and I'm trying to improve that. And I don't think I would have really realized that had I have stayed in Michigan and not been, you know, when you're physically separated, you know, really the only way you can stay in touch with people is to follow up with them, send them messages, you know, text messages, emails, whatever. And, um, and I think it's really important and we're really lucky and we take it for granted how, you know, easy it is to stay connected with our friends, family and loved ones. That makes sense. Uh, especially since in Michigan, you like, you had a friend circle at your school uh, at at Michigan State, but maybe because of that, you you maybe neglected other close friends you had that weren't mm-hmm. at Michigan State. So leaving puts all of those friends into pr- all the all those friendships into perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, you think you're getting better at that? I'm I'm trying to. Okay. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to make an effort to reach out to at least three or four people just per week. Just randomly send them a message. And, you know, how are you doing? You know, especially, too, now that I'm going to be in uh, Michigan very, very soon. Uh-huh. Um, 
you know, I also want to see these people again. And uh, so, yeah, so I think that's another thing. And coming here has also really helped me, Jared probably won't believe this, but worry less and become more patient and less concerned about things that are out of your control. And I think I it has you. gotten a lot better, whether or I not believe Jared you. believes it. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> uh, so we talked a little bit about this, but I want to know now, 10 months in, where is your check at? What, what would, how would you rate yourself? Not as good as I hoped it'd be. <laughs> yeah, I really? would agree with that 100%. Yeah. I, I think I kind of agree with that, as far as Chad goes, at least. I expected 10 months. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just don't talk to David. But, so. <laughs> <laughs> Dickie wants Jared. <laughs> I was just, uh, you know, because, you know, you think that 10 months is enough to, like, have conversations. But I think, one, uh, that's a pretty high bar. And, two, also, uh, Czech is more complicated than, I think, languages that you're used to learning, Chad, at least. Yeah. and I, in, in some ways, yeah. I think there's a – I could be totally wrong about this. My, my opinion, I think Czech's really important for this region of Europe. Um, there's, like, at least 11 million Czech speakers if you count Slovakia. Um, um, might be fighting words right there. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Slipping on gator piss. <laughs> so, I mean, Slovaks who speak Czech. I see what you're saying. Not, yeah, um, not, not, not like Slovak and Czech are one together. language. Not I'm not lumping it. I mean, Slovaks yeah. who speak Czech because a lot of Slovaks like have gone to university here and whatnot. Or work here. Or work here. here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so for this region of Europe, it's really important. At the same time, on a, on a world scale, I think a lot of people don't consider it as important. And whereas you go to some countries like maybe Germany, Russia, uh, some France. Sp- France, some Spanish-speaking country... English being country, etc. You know, people are like, "Oh, you need to know this to live here." Whereas the the opinion of a lot of Czechs and people in general is, you can go to the Czech Republic and and never have to necessarily learn Czech. Which you know, I don't think that's true. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know everyone should make an effort to learn basic phrases, and you know always try to improve as much as they can. But there is like a dominating. Um, attitude here sometimes that oh if if you're here you don't actually have to learn Czech and I've been discouraged by people when I tell them you know I'm learning Czech and they're like like why are you learning it it's so difficult you can only use it here blah 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 they make all these excuses Um, and it's like why can't you just say oh that's really cool you're learning Czech you know I mean I would think that you would want to embrace someone trying to learn more about your culture and your language instead of you know trying to discourage them like yeah it's difficult but nothing in life that's good comes easy. Yeah, you've had a lot. You've you've had a lot of experiences telling me at least people asking you like, why are you even bothering to learn Czech? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that they feel that way about it. Yet they're also um, like like it seems kind of necessary in the sense that they don't want to not they don't want to speak English. So it's right. like they find it weird that you're learning Czech, but then also they're scared to speak English to you. It's catch twenty two. So like, yeah, double edged so sword. Yeah, it's like just don't yeah. talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. But see, I've, I've had some people say that. Don't talk to me. <laughs> right. I, but see, I've realized now, and in a way, it's kind of stupid that I've realized this this late because it's so obvious, right? Sometimes the things right in front of our faces are the most obvious, and this one is that um, I just need to spend more time with bigger groups of Czech people. When I would hang out with one or two students or three or even three or four students, 
you know, there would be some Czech spoken, but a lot of, a lot of it was English, right? But mm -hmm. like last night, I was out in a group of, I think, six or seven, and I was the only English speaker, and a few of them didn't really speak, the, or I wasn't the only English speaker, but I was the only non-Czech speaker, right. and, um, and there were a few people that were with us that didn't very, speak very much English, and so what that meant was I was forced to speak Czech, which I wish I would have, if I could go back 10 months ago, I wish I would have thrown myself in more of those situations. I think that's why David has improved his Czech a lot is because you spend a lot more time, I think, with bigger groups of people. They teach you Czech, things like this. With my students, I think they kind of view spending time with me as, oh, cool, I can practice my English more and talk to Chad in English, which is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's also a good thing. But um, I think that's a big difference between my relationship with my students and David's relationship with his. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, I've recognized a lot when, uh, when my students get into big groups, you know, they, they're, you know, they're telling stories, they're telling jokes and they don't want to speak English sometimes. So it's like, I, I have to, I have to try my best to follow the conversation because um, you know, they're so excited about something that they're not going to look at me and switch back to English. Right. Do you and guys have, do you guys plan on like keeping it up <laughs> your check? I hope so. I would like I to. Hope so. I mean, well, do you want us? I, I might, I might be here next year. So who knows? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so his check will be real good. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I figure, I figure keep it up a little bit. Um, I would even like to, you know, set aside maybe, I don't know, probably not a ton of time because I'll be learning another language. We'll reveal that language later on and probably, I don't know, Chad's maybe five, ten episodes. so long. I'm going to keep teasing. Making me until... anxious. Can I, can I start <laughs> making guesses? No, nope. No guesses allowed. No guesses allowed. Um, but yeah, so for me though, I'd like to allocate like, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes a, a week to kind of keeping up on my check. And mm -hmm. the nice thing is though, there's a lot of check music I really enjoy. So that's easy. Um, there's some movies and stuff I want to watch as well. Um, so, yeah, but for you, if you end up staying here, um, it'll be very easy for you. Yeah. Right. I hope I hope it'll get a lot better. Workable. So, uh, David, you've been doing a lot of traveling since you've been there. I follow you on Instagram, and I see. What are some... Uh, uh, are, are, what are some places that you're some standout places that you've been to since you've been there? Ooh, like in Europe or Czech Republic specifically? Uh, so, what are some travel places that are your favorite? It doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah. So one place I went during my winter spring break uh, was Tallinn, Estonia, and oh. it was absolutely incredible. It's a really fascinating medieval city. The architecture is cool. It's affordable. The people there are really nice. Um, people free Wi-Fi everywhere. Free right? Wi-Fi everywhere. The food's good. Oh, if you right. like seafood, it's they got really good seafood there. Um, interestingly to me, speaking of languages, people in Estonia. So Estonians, I think, have really good English, but also there's a a large percentage of uh, Estonian citizens who are ethnically Russian. So about 33% of Estonians, their first language is Russian and not oh. Estonian. And so you, you get a, a country where almost everyone knows three languages, Estonian, Russian, and English. And oh, you're wow. constantly seeing people switch between these three languages, and it's really fascinating to me. Um, and it's, in general, a really cool place to go to. I don't it's know cool much to see that code switching going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know much about Estonia, but I'm looking at pictures from Tallinn, Estonia. It's very colorful. Uh, it's it's got some of like those Russian style uh, uh, cathedral thingies, mosque thingies, whatever you call them, mm-hmm. with like the little dome things at top at the top. This is what's one of the worst explanations I've ever. <laughs> <seen>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right. They they are the Russian churches have those domes, and they're really yeah. really iconic. Um, they have those. They have. So Tallinn was also part of the Hanseatic League. If you if you uh, studied any medieval history um, and into the Renaissance, and it was a group of like cities on the Baltic Sea that were really wealthy, and so you see all this old kind of medieval to Renaissance architecture there. Cool. How'd you choose Estonia? Was it just like a because? No offense to our Estonian listeners, but that wouldn't even cross my mind. Yeah, so I had heard about it as one of those places that is kind of a hidden gem. I mean, I think mm. a lot of people, especially like Finns and Russians and, and Swedes, know about Estonia because it's a place to go get cheap alcohol uh, if you live on the Baltic Sea. But other than that, it's kind of it's kind of a hidden gem. And a lot of people had told me this, and so I said, well, I, I want to go see it for myself. Yeah, that's a that's a cool one to add to your repertoire. Uh, what about you, Chad? Please. Well, so one thing I I will say this: I think I've done a decent amount of traveling within the Czech Republic. I do wish I would have gone to a few different countries. So I went to Austria mm-hmm. and Germany. Love them, but been there, done that, right? So I wish right. if I could go back and turn back time on these ten months. Um, David also went to Budapest. I would love to go there. I've heard a lot of great things about Budapest. I would love to go to Italy, to Poland, um, Croatia. There's a lot of different countries. But of the Czech Republic, um, still, to this day, I think some of the most beautiful nature I've ever seen was Czech Switzerland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go to Pravčitska Brana, which is like the, the gate there, it's like this really cool rock formation that looks like a gate. It's absolutely breathtaking. I mean, just that. And you've been there before, too, yeah. right? And so that's really good. And then in the town of uh, Krasnalipa, which means like beautiful lime tree, uh, Krasnalipa, there's a brewery called Falkenstein. And that sounds German, right? But uh, they yeah. have amazing beer, also amazing pickled cheese, pickled hemeline. If you come to the Czech Republic, especially if you're at a pub, you have to get pickled hemeline. It's so good. And I goofed when you came to visit Jared and not have that with you. So we're going yeah, to have to get check. annoyed because you keep mentioning that. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was there. Where was my uh, hammer lean? <laughs> right. It's all right. We'll have to do the Czech Republic 2.0. And if David's still here, then we definitely have to yeah. do the Czech Republic. That would be great. Good of a sigh. That's right. Um, there was also that. And there was, wasn't there also like the fried cheese too? Yeah. Oh. Schmazin Sir. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Schmazak. One of those. Schmazak, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. What's crazy what is I was talking to... Uh, 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 this guy yesterday, and he was telling me when, when I was at this little birthday party, and he was telling me that the Czech Republic people would kind of make fun of the Czech Republic a little bit because in the 80s and 90s, the only vegetarian option on the menu was fried cheese. <laughs> and a lot of times the fried cheese would have a slice of ham on top of it. Okay. So it still wasn't even really vegetarian. Right. So <laughs> kind, of, kind of funny little tidbit there about Czech uh, history in the yeah. culinary arts of Czech cuisine, I guess. But yeah. Uh, what else do I... Uh, what? Um, all right. All right. I have one final thing I want to do. <laughs> uh, you, uh, 
I'm very right. nervous. This laugh right. is making me nervous. So um, you guys became good friends while you were there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, this might be the last time you see each other for a while. Not forever, of course. Right. Um, David Cry. Thanks, Jared. Now, Chad, <laughs> uh, I want you to uh, look at David and tell him what you've enjoyed most about having a massive friend, and then vice versa. Are, are you trying to make me cry? Are you? You might, you might actually. All right. Uh, all right. We're going to. Chad right. first. I'm going to turn the mic off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh, man, there's just so many things. I guess, I guess the biggest thing that I value the most about our friendship, and we, we do get shit by other Fulbrighters about our bromance, by the way. Um, <laughs> which is pretty obvious, but I would well, say you should send him this clip to really uh, solidify right. that. <laughs> we'll, we'll pop it on the Instagram. We can we can tag some people for sure. All right, but um, I guess the biggest thing for me was from day one, I've always felt like I could just be myself with David. You know, we are goofy, we have a good time, we're both kind of weird, and it works out really well. You know, and so and the other thing is too, a lot of times it's it's strange the level where we're on the same wavelength like there have been a few times we came to hang out in Prague and I think either you messaged me or I messaged you like Mexican food or like chicken wings or something and, and I was literally about to write him and say hey do you want Mexican food or do you want chicken wings tonight for dinner so um, so that's one thing and I think the other thing too is that um, and I've learned this too about my other friends that I've made in the Czech Republic is that uh, David has become a guy that I think will be a friend for life. This isn't just like a hang out with someone's your study abroad buddies and then you never see him again. You know, like in all seriousness, this is an invitation for Jared and for David. Like you guys will be in my wedding if I ever get married. Like, and you, like untranslatable listeners have heard it first here, but it's <laughs> like, I'm very confident, you know, the two of you would be two of my first choices to be a part in my wedding. I just value our friendship and the time we spent together, and I'm looking forward to future adventures. So yeah, there's my, there's my two cents. That was good, David. Pajalsta. <laughs> so the mic didn't go off, but I was definitely leaning far away from it. Um, Chad, you really took the words uh, out of my mouth. Um, yeah, that, See, it's the wavelength thing. That, that, <laughs> that goofiness and the, you know, just getting each other from day one. I remember when was the first time we, we started playing, uh, mask off. Who, who's the artist of mask? Uh, future, future mask off by future. When was the first time we played when that? We were at, no, we were by Namiesti Miru in that one Airbnb. And, uh, we had taken, we took a nap. Because, as usual, we're here on a Saturday, but usually we come in Friday and Saturday. We go too hard, we go ham on Friday, and then Saturday's recovery day. So we took a nap, we got up, and we were going to go out again. And we needed to amp ourselves up. So first we played Party Up in Here by DMX, which is is (laughs) a great hype song. And then then I think it was your suggestion to play Mask Off. And that's like, you know, that's our our song that we, we play when we know we're about to have an awesome time. And just, you know, just that song and like sitting in the room and, and not sitting in the room, jumping, jumping, jumping up and down on the bed in the room. Like, you know, those moments I'm like, this, this is how I know I I have a true fantastic friend for life. Um, you know, as we're jumping on the bed, uh, screaming mask off, um, (laughs) Molly Percocet. Um, and, and also, um, you know, Chad, Chad, uh, has been a, a friend that was always there for me. You know, I, I'm, 
Likewise. Be it because you know I'm uh, this is I'm a first time teacher and I needed advice or I needed help with something. You know, uh, he's always he's always been there for me. And uh, uh, as as Chad said, I think uh, I have absolutely no doubt that we'll be friends for life. I'm not gonna say anything about a wedding. Well, but the same, the same goes for you. <laughs> the silence is more than enough. Um, right. That was great. That might've been one of the greatest things I've ever facilitated on this podcast. Probably <laughs> not going to lie. And I guess the other thing too, is that um, just like with you, Jared, and with a couple of my other friends back in the States, like, even though I talked to you and David quite a bit, I also have a feeling, although this goes against where I said earlier about trying to stay better connected with people, I get the vibe from David and from you. If for some reason we wouldn't talk for a week or even a month, obviously it wouldn't be possible with our podcast. But I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, you know, bear with me here. Um, Hypothetically speaking, I could not talk to either of you guys for a while. And I feel like grab a beer with you or hang out with you and it would feel like no time passed. I, I agree with that. And I mean, I think we had that uh, even before we started this podcast. We, we like, didn't talk consistently. But, uh, I mean, even starting the podcast was so easy in spite of the fact that we hadn't really consistently been talking that much before mm-hmm. that. So I totally get that. And I'm glad you found that. That makes any sort of, uh, you know, kind of scary journey, especially to a different country, a whole lot easier for, for someone to know that you at least have someone to go to for stuff like that. And, and what I really love as well is that there have been times where I've texted David or David's texted me and been like, does this happen in your town? You know, like, so it's, it's good <laughs> yeah. to have like another point of reference because it's different when you ask a Czech person, like, is this normal? Because to right. them, what's normal is maybe slightly different than what would be normal to David and I. So, you know, like, you know, not, not really, not really at my school is this a problem, but I've heard from other people in Komutov at other, other schools where like, you know, teachers will have inappropriate relationships with students or say inappropriate things. And so when I, when I was told this, I asked David, I'm like, have you, have you heard this in Hradets as well? Like, is this, is Komutov just weird? And thankfully Komutov is not weird. It happens all over the Czech Republic. I've talked to other uh, people in Fulbright as well, and we are not the only ones, but it's good to have that reference where we, we come from a similar upbringing in a lot of ways, well, at least as Americans and small towns and all that stuff. And so I think we tend to think very similarly. And so it's helpful to have that friend, that point of reference where you're like, am I crazy right now? Or is this right. really, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's great. So we won't have to get into specifically what's next, but before what's coming next, I know Chad has been teasing this for a long time, but before whatever it is that's coming next, he will be spending a good amount of time in Michigan. Uh, are you going to be spending any time in the U.S. before uh, your next assignment, whatever that may be? I will. I'll be there for two months this summer. So, okay. like the second second half of July, all of August, and the first half of September. You're from Missouri. Yes. What are some like... Missouri staples where it's like, oh, now I'm back in the M nasty. Gotta get that. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I don't know. There, I don't know there's, the, there's the rodeo. We got a big rodeo in our hometown. Uh, Are so, you allowed entry if you aren't wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy boots? Well, luckily for me, I have a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, so I, I, I can <laughs> go in. But okay. but I, I okay. I've seen people there without the hat, but almost rarely without the boots. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, interesting. That's I thought it would be the other way around. Me too. Me too. Uh, what's what what's your town called? It is called Sykeston. S i k e s t o n. Psych. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what everyone says. <laughs> Too easy. Are there like <laughs> any? Are there any like specific places or restaurants that you're really looking forward to visiting when you get back Ooh. to the states? Because I definitely have a list. I'm I'm definitely going to gain some weight when I get back to the states. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, me too. I I don't know. I mean, there's lots of good ones, but I'll say where where I'm from. There's a lot. People eat fried catfish a lot. And I and I'm looking forward to that. I like fried catfish. It's, okay. it's I think That's it's pretty a, good. I'm very used to fried catfish having all my family be from uh from Louisiana. So that's a, that's a staple around there for us too. Uh okay. Okay. What 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 are what's what is it going to be the first thing you hit Chad that's going to really blow you up? Well, t- two two restaurants uh well not even really re- restaurants but fast food joints. Is A and W gonna get myself a tasty Coney dog? A and W, love A and W. Honestly, dr- the only A and W I ever see anymore is the one in Dexter. I don't yeah. see A and W restaurants anywhere. <laughs> I, I believe it, but that place is great. Fantastic food there. Uh, so A and W and Dexter. I guess there's three things: Dexter Bakery Donuts. Oh yeah, which are the bomb. Yeah, A and W chili dogs. Just put them out there. Uh, they just do. to tease people. Like, hey, they go do. for it. It's like, I've already had five. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then the other one, of course, is uh, Taco Bell. Love Taco Bell. One wow. of my favorite fast food chains. So so those those three, I mean, obviously there's plenty more, but probably the first night I'm home, I'll probably go to Taco Bell. Damn. You're going to be on the in the bathroom all night. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh, okay. That was fun. That's all I got. That so was can, great. can I say, though, uh, you asked yeah. us what we don't miss. I mm-hmm. want to talk about what I'm going to miss. Because oh, did I not I, ask that? You didn't. Oh, so, I meant so, to. <laughs> so I, I want to say the first, I mean, the first thing and the most obvious is obviously the, the friends and the people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an easy mm-hmm. one. Um, right. But, you know, that's, that's too obvious. I'm not going to get into that. Plus, it's super sentimental. I think we've already gotten sentimental enough this episode. Um, <laughs> but I would say the other thing that I'm really going to miss is, um, obviously the food, love a lot of different Czech dishes and the beer. And the big thing is the price of beer. You know, yeah. you can get very high quality beer for cheaper than water here. So that's yeah. really fantastic. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else, um, what the hell was that? Or, um, let's see here. I'm trying to think what else, <laughs> um, are you We're in a hostel? Airbnb, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just didn't know there would be other people there. Yeah, I have been hearing a lot of stuff going on in the background, but I thought maybe that was like another apartment or something. Mm-mm, no, um, that guy looks so confused. <laughs> prob- probably, yeah. Um, what else? What, what, what are you gonna miss? Uh, well, as you Tell said, the, the beer, up. right? Um, <laughs> it's, I mean. Not only is it cheap, but it's such high quality compared to like you know the standard American domestic beer. Yeah, you can get great. Right. You can get great uh, craft beer in the U.S., but it's expensive. Um, right. And IPAs here, which are, which are actually pretty good. They're not as hoppy mm. as IPAs in the states, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. For um, you, yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's true. You do like your IPAs. <laughs> 
What else though? I would I would say yeah. The 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 nature here is oh, really nice, sure. and you can you can yeah, find nature nice nature in the U.S. Of course, I mean the yeah. U.S. has beautiful nature, but uh, like here, you know, you walk you walk five miles outside your town, and, and you're in the middle of a park and the mm-hmm. forest mm-hmm. and the mountains, and it's it's beautiful. You know, in the U.S., yeah, you have really to drive cool. a long ways to get there. Yeah, and and yeah. I'm lucky where I'm in the I'm in the Ore Mountains. And so all around me, there are really beautiful mountains and forests and stuff. And so I'll definitely miss the scenery and the nature as well. And you even uh, have a great view from your apartment. I do. I mean, Just I wake up every morning. Great. I wake up every morning and count, you know, count my blessings because, yeah, yeah, being on the ninth floor and having that view, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was our, our gracious and amazing Airbnb host, Tommy. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Tommy for letting us stay here, and uh, it's a nice place. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the other thing though too is that a lot of Czech people I've met, um, Czech people, Vietnamese people who are like you know Vietnamese Czech. Uh, well, some of them tend to be a bit reserved in the beginning, but once you break down that wall, they're super friendly, uh, super nice, very helpful, um, and and so yeah. And Tommy is absolutely great, and he was just super friendly off the get go. But. Uh, mm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss, you know, the opportunity to try out my terrible check. You know, now it's just going to get more <laughs> terrible because I won't be able to speak it regularly. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's also, I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, but sometimes, you know, you can, you can sometimes, I don't know, sit in a bus or a train or something and, and sort of zone out. Mm-hmm. One, yeah. because maybe Europeans don't talk as much in public transportation and two because i don't know if you're not focusing on the language some you may not always pick everything up um whereas mm-hmm. in the u.s of course you know if you if it's english is your mother tongue then you're gonna understand everything it's hard to zone out if mm-hmm. someone's screaming right next to you so that's i might miss that no you're you're right i i never thought about that but yeah that's very very true interesting i when I was when I spent time in other countries, I sort of missed eavesdropping on other people's conversations. <laughs> I mean, pros and cons, you know. <laughs> pros and cons, but yeah. Uh, sometimes I enjoy listening to the wild stuff that people are talking about in public. Also, the, uh, I guess the last thing that uh-huh. I want to say that I'm going to miss is I think that Czechs, Europeans in general, they dress very nice usually. Yes. Um, so I'm going to miss just like seeing these people just well put together. You know, fresh haircut, nice style, and just the beautiful women. I mean, today, let alone the the like attendant on my bus was gorgeous. She was this gorgeous blonde girl with the, these beautiful blue eyes, and I mean, just the the quality of beautiful women here—it's unreal. Um, and 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 they're less, not all of them, but the ones that I've talked to. Granted, it's a small portion because these are the ones that speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be. A lot more down to earth, I think, than like if you see girls that beautiful in the States, a lot of mm-hmm. times they kind of have this like facade and they're kind of fake and superficial. And I don't see that as much with pretty girls here in the Czech Republic. I'm going to leave that alone. When I was in... Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you with the dressing thing. When I was... I, I, you know, I told you about that... Um, that play I went to, what was it called? It does. Uh, oh, the Sincerity Project. Mm-hmm. It was at this. Uh, the venue was also like there was a bar area up there too, and people were at this bar, and I saw this one dude wearing gym shorts, and I was just like, Ugh. I was like, you would never see this in Europe anywhere. Nope. Someone going to a bar wearing or gym pants. shorts. 
Yeah, it was just even in the U.S. It kind of blew my mind. I was like, "Really, bro? This is this is how you go out uh, for your night on the town?" <laughs> right. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, I, I I like that too. Like that people just care more about their appearance in, in general in Europe. Yeah. And I still kind of miss that all the time. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to the song of the pod. That was great, and um, I'm excited to talk about uh, talk to you, Chad, about your return to the U.S. in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I'm excited. But first, yeah, we're talking today about a song by Dan- Daniel Landa called Bilahora, which means White Mountain. Yes, and it's a it's actually a site of a battle in the Hussite Wars, I think, and, okay. and some war in Czech beats, history. Beats me. I'll take yeah. your word for it. Well, that makes sense because the version I, the version you sent me, the YouTube version, um, doesn't work here in the U.S., so I had to find my own. But um, the Sorry one I was—I <laughs> mean, how would you know? The one I was—it's uh, easy. I just typed it and found uh, found another one. But the one I was looking at had a lot of like these pictures of like military people f- that look like they're from like the 18th century. Uh, that just popped up on the screen and different like like black and white pictures of like scenes and and like militaries looking like strategy scenes. And I was like, what is going on with this music video? <laughs> okay, there you go. I, I picked it for two reasons. One, one of my students told me about this artist, Daniel Landa. And uh, he seems very popular. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, it just, to me, this is also kind of the vibe you get is like a good, like, kind of somber departure song in a way until yeah. the chorus hits when it's, you know, more intense. Where I feel like I don't understand all the words, but when I listen to it, I feel like I feel like I could put this on. As like it'd be like in a movie when you're like, you say goodbye to your friend or your lover or whatever, and you and and you know you're parting ways, <laughs> and this song is like rolling through the credits or something. It's also like a very European sounding song. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't sound, you know, besides for the fact that he's speaking Czech, but it doesn't sound like American at all, even like from the melody or anything. At least to me, like it no, just has a very agree. European vibe to it. Oh uh, yeah, and it's the Battle of White Mountain is what it is, which happened in 1620. Uh, and it was uh, a 30 year war. Mm-hmm. So there's some fun history for you guys. Right. Yeah, I liked it. It was, it was good. And it was, uh, it was very like, it was kind of intense too. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I liked it. And Daniel Landa seems like a generally intense guy just by even seeing like thumbnails of other songs on the side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out on our Twitter page, Untranslatable One, or our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. You betcha. And we hope you enjoy. So now it's time for the check over the pod. And I have one. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. while I'm explaining mine, um, we're going to put poor David on the spot here and have him think of one as well. I'm sure he can think of one. He knows lots of check words. Ooh. A lot more than I do. But my check word of the pod for today <laughs> is. Orchitya, which means certainly, okay. <laughs> because I just was so surprised last night the reaction I got out of a couple of those Czech guys when I was talking to them, and I said Orchitya. So it's okay. kind of funny. Yeah. That's good. My word, I've learned a lot of words, but the one that stands out recently I learned on a school trip, and the word is Hachi, which is a word for little kids, which basically means plop down. Like have, sit down, have, plop a, down. have a sit. Okay, Hachi is also Ichi ni sanshi go lokusichi Hachi Q. It's also eight in Japanese. Eight. Yep. There the you number go. Number eight. Interesting. Okay. Uh, 
I have um, Spanish work. I- I'm going to give you three just because these are the three I learned from um, pulling when out I was the watching the Holy like Goalie. Uh, the first one, let's see if, do you, do you know goalie. any Spanish, David? <laughs> Not a lot. Okay, okay. Chad Chad knows a bit, so I like to, I'm always surprised at the ones that he does get. The first one is Juego, J-U-E-G-O, Juego. Play. That's a song, isn't it? Like a popular song right now? Maybe. Oh, is it? I, I have no idea, but Juego means play. Yeah, or game. Or game, yeah. Yep, and that obviously makes sense why I got that from Holy Goalie. They were playing a game. <laughs> I, I love that name, that movie in English. <laughs> Uh, I think a there's a there's a popular song right now called Juego. By uh oh yeah, it's from 2018 El Juego by Maluma. I think okay. that's it. Uh, another one is Espera- Esperar. 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 Is that, which is not, infinitive. That's not for breathe, is it? No. Esperar is to wait. To wait. Okay. And one more I have. This one seemed useful. Como siempre. Oh, just like, uh, just like always. Look at you. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. They use it as like, like usual, but yeah, it's the same right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good job, well, Chad. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Two out of three is not bad. That's, if you're a baseball player, that's a, that's a good day on the baseball yeah, field. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh man. How to for wrap sure. up this episode with a quote. Well, I think that, I guess before I say a quote, I, I would just like to say that if any of our listeners out there, you have the opportunity to go abroad, first of all, do it. Whether it's for a job, for study abroad, if you can do it, do it. Second, for fun. find yourself a David that is an awesome friend. Pleasure. We'll be there for you. We'll be there when you're in, at your weirdest, at your chillest, and all of your other ists. Find that person. <laughs> And I have to say, I think the, the beauty of both of our experiences has not maybe been necessarily, I mean, the cultural learning has been great, but I really think it's been the connections we've been able yeah. to make. Yeah. Um, and so the biggest thing I think we've both learned has been from the people we've met through our connections and has really made this entire experience so enriching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with all that. Um, to close, first first off, I want to say thank you. Um, thank you to you guys for allowing me to be on the podcast again. Um, second thing, yeah, if you go abroad, um, I, I've had I've been fortunate enough to find such a good friend um, here abroad, and uh, I think the connections you make with people last a lifetime. Last thing I want to say is something that a Czech person said to me recently. Um, as I'm sure you've talked about before, you know, it's, it's always important to reflect on the fact that we are in a post-communist, post-socialist you know, socialist country. Mm-hmm. Um, the fall, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union and all that was only 30 years ago. And you still hear stories today of, you know, the time. Of, of people who were not allowed to do things, who, who uh, you know, weren't couldn't allowed to travel. go to, couldn't travel, mm-hmm. couldn't go to university, etc., and a Czech person told me recently, um, which I agree with this wholeheartedly, that the most important thing you can have is knowledge because no one can take that away from you. Ooh, and I think this, this podcast and the friendships you make and your experience, experiences abroad are a fantastic example of that. So I'm going to steal that from, from my como David, yeah, my buddy say, David, I think that's and the say quote right there. <laughs> the most powerful or most important thing you have is knowledge because no one can take that away from you. We'll end mm-hmm. on that because that is powerful and 
Fantastic. So we hope all of you have enjoyed this episode uh, of our recap of David yes. and my 10 months in the Czech Republic. It's been a life-changing experience for the both of us. I know that sounds incredibly cliche, but it is so very true. Pajalsta. And Exactly. And it has been... <laughs> A great time. We've learned a lot. We hope you all have been able to get a snapshot of where it's been like for us and maybe help you make that decision if you are on the fence of coming to the Czech Republic. I would say do it. It's a great country. It's absolutely amazing. You will not be disappointed. So with that being said, please let us know what you thought on this episode by giving us five-star reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. Also check us out on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. We have plenty of pictures up there video clips as well that jared so professionally does which is fantastic and also check out our website for more untranslatables untranslatablepodcast.com and if you haven't already check out our travel tips comes out every other saturday we just did one on berlin so hopefully that's helpful for all of you and as we say here at the untranslatable podcast de cuyame a muchas gracias